Good morning and welcome to another edition of Today's Nutrition, where we look at what will help us lose weight, be healthier, or live longer better. So today it's going to be all about healthy digestion, starting in the stomach with some amazing specialized cells, because everything starts in the stomach. And I'm going to tell you what the stomach does when it's working right, what's going to happen if it doesn't, because if that stomach is not working right, everything after that is going to suffer. And I'm going to give you also some good tips to help repair any damage that you may have so you can free yourself from having to take acid-blocking drugs that can have some major side effects. And I will tell you about some of those side effects in case you weren't aware of them. First, let me give you a little context on just how digestion is designed to work from the start. It begins even before you start chewing food. Actually, with seeing and smelling food, you know how your mouth waters when you're hungry and you see something really delicious? There are digestive enzymes and compounds in the saliva that tag and prepare the food and the body for what's coming. Pretty amazing. And hopefully, you are eating when you're not stressed because when you're in a relaxed state, you're going to digest better. Stress just inhibits everything. So starting at the mouth, it's alkaline. It's all about pH. All food and saliva travel down the esophagus and pass into the stomach through a one-way valve. Everything up to this point before the stomach is still alkaline. So when that food enters the stomach, oh, that's when the magic begins. You've got these very specialized cells in the stomach called parietal cells. I'm familiar with them because I was told my dad had pernicious anemia when he was a kid. So I had to dig in to find out what that's all about. So turns out parietal cells do a couple things really important. Helps your body extract vitamin B12 from your food. We all know B12 is great for many things, fantastic energy, feeding your nervous system, and helping you with a good positive mood. Gives you that good, clean energy. So if parietal cells don't work right, you've got to take a sublingual B12 or get shots forever. I love my B12. But those parietal cells also make hydrochloric acid, stomach acid. Your stomach is always supposed to be acid. It is supposed to be acid. The levels are really low too, somewhere between 1.5 and 3.5 pH. When you eat, it's the most acid and that's really good. It's got to be that. Of course, it's important that you keep the stomach acid in the stomach, not splashing up into the esophagus. That's supposed to be alkaline, not acid. That little one-way valve between the stomach and the esophagus prevents that from happening. If it isn't working right, that's going to cause GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disorder. I'll get to that in a minute. But back to the stomach. If you don't have good stomach acid, all of those nutrient absorption is going to be impaired. This means you don't have good vitamin or mineral absorption. Minerals are absorbed in the digestive tract based on acid pH. Means you will not digest proteins. Fatty acids like omega-3 aren't going to be properly absorbed. You know, it really all comes down to stomach acid. An important note is that hydrochloric acid will not burn the stomach. 
as acid as it is, I mean, it'll digest everything. That stomach lining actually has a layer that is called the mucus bicarbonate layer. And you can imagine that that neutralizes the stomach acid 24-7 if it is healthy. But if it gets damaged, that's when you get an inflamed stomach. It has lost its protection. Once in the natural scenario, once that pH reaches a certain point, the next valve, called the pyloric valve, opens up and the contents are dumped into the small intestine, where the gooey acid chyme triggers some major good things. And this is really important if you want a healthy gallbladder. If the pH of the stomach is too high, like at four or greater, the gallbladder won't provide bile efficiently. That bile gets stagnant and the gallbladder will tend to form gallstones. Not good. Goes back to the stomach. And it, the pancreas also doesn't release acid buffering enzymes. That pH is not optimal. Now this goes a little deeper as a cause of osteoporosis. Okay, so once the pH, you know, the pH of the body has to remain within strict boundaries. So if the pancreas is not doing its job at alkalizing the content, the backup is to use calcium from the bones to neutralize the acidity. This is really bad for bone density. Follow me through with this. You're not absorbing calcium because of the lower acidity in the small intestine. Remember, calcium has to be absorbed at an acid pH, and then calcium is being leached from the bones to neutralize pH. Double whammy. You are basically being set up for osteoporosis if your stomach is not working right. Bone density can go back to simple stomach acids not being present. Next thing that the stomach acid does is to activate a substance called secretin, and that turns on the pancreatic enzymes and turns on cholecystokinin, CCK, and that helps with appetite and hunger and proper cholesterol levels. Cholecystokinin, big word, but it's essential to keep you satisfied after a meal and prevent overeating. So many things go south if the stomach isn't working right. And one of the forgotten roles that allowed humans to survive is certainly the main role of hydrochloric acid to kill bacteria in our food. Microbiologists who study this say that if you would see all the bacteria in the food, you'd think twice about eating it, especially leftovers. Can you imagine back 100 years ago before refrigeration, we really depended on healthy stomach acid, hydrochloric acid, to kill the bacteria and the parasites that cause food poisoning, etc. You know, in the news, we regularly hear about how dangerous the bacteria in food can be. You know, what's interesting is, why do some people get violently sick, while others, you know, they never skip a beat? Interesting. We know bacteria and fungus thrive in a warm, wet environment, and healthy stomach acid kills them. Back to healthy stomach acid. So, healthy stomach acid, proper absorption of all your nutrients, like calcium, magnesium, protein, fats, iodine, iron, everything. It also destroys bacteria, 
parasites triggers the pancreas and the gallbladder to be healthy and do their jobs. So why is it, you know, a good question is why people may be lacking stomach acid or why do we need help with GERD? Well, many researchers and physicians are going to tell you that most reflux, ulcers, and other digestive problems are due to either, number one, overgrowth of a certain bad bacteria called H. pylori that destroys the protective layer in the stomach. In fact, I remember this. Australian doctors Barry Marshall and Robin Warren were winners of the new the Nobel Prize in 2015 for the discovery of H. pylori in the role of stomach gastritis. I remember how Marshall, Dr. Marshall, actually swallowed H. pylori at a medical presentation to the horror of the symposium, all to prove that that was the cause of ulcers and gastritis. That act, while it horrified the medical audience, it got their attention. Okay, secondarily, GERD can be caused from insufficient production of hydrochloric acid rather than an excess. High percentage of people do not have much hydrochloric acid, or actually are deficient. And that results in protein meats just sitting in the stomach too long, putrefying, and carbohydrates fermenting. And if you've got that putrefication and fermentation going on, you're producing gas and bloating. Not good digestion happening in the stomach. You get the production of other acids that can burn the stomach. But if indigestion is bad and prescriptions of acid blockers have been made, they're going to provide short-term relief, but they can have long-term effects on your health if you take them too long. Acid blockers were only designed to be used for a few weeks so the stomach could heal. Not healthy for long-term use, yet I have seen clients on them for 25 years. And when they started using them long-term, and they were even prescribed to newborns that spit up a lot because they had an intolerance to formula, nutritionists warned that they were going to cause all sorts of problems like osteoporosis and gallbladder disease and you name it, on and on. You are impairing the very absorption and digestion where it begins The label on them now has to state that you are at risk for low magnesium, epidemically low. You know, there are a lot of tests that you can run on your stomach acid, but symptoms, you know, you can just about guarantee if you've got gas and burping and bloating after a meal, if you've got bad breath, body odor, asthma, loss of taste for meat, gallbladder disease, definitely worth checking out. Or if you have food or environmental allergies, This is one that we see so much of more. I mean, it's almost like everybody has one food intolerance or another. And even leaky gut can all go back to the stomach. It really all goes back to a healthy stomach. So to recap, what happens if you suppress hydrochloric acid or if you don't produce enough hydrochloric acid? Research links it to poor mineral absorption, especially magnesium and calcium, and it increases the risk of bone fractures. 
2006 study from the University of Pennsylvania said one serious side effect of acid-suppressing drugs was a 44% increased risk of hip fractures if people took proton pump inhibitors longer than a year. But not only your minerals of calcium, magnesium, but also iron and zinc and even gland function like adrenal and thyroid function, which can make you feel really tired, but asthma and celiac and Crohn's and dermatitis and diabetes and eczema, small intestinal bowel overgrowth. You got all the wrong bacteria and acids in the wrong place. Epidemic, autoimmune disorders, and of course, osteopenia, osteoporosis, and osteoarthritis. Incomplete protein digestion, and lowered microbial diversity in the gut. You know, it sets the stage up for all sorts of chronic diseases. You know, the body was never intended to take lifelong acid-blocking therapies. However, pharmaceutical companies love it if people want to just take a pill and get over it quickly and cover up the real problem. You can have your cake and eat it too. Just take this pill. But... The goal for naturally treating GERD is to assure complete digestion, protect the stomach tissues that are sensitive to the pH change. So to recover from this, you can simply start taking apple cider vinegar or a hydrochloric acid mid-meal. I love standard process Zypan, and often uh, I will combine that with a complete food enzyme that has bile salts because gallbladder needs a little help too if it's gone on too long. Once the stomach lining actually has to heal, they can tolerate the, the additional stomach acid. We've got so many supplements to help the healthy stomachs. Stomach wellness, stomach comfort, aloe vera, Slippery Elm. Now we have another great product called HCLEs, which can be taken while somebody is on acid blockers to help heal up the stomach, supports the natural stomach acid digestion and healing and anti-inflammatory. And, and it's, it's just excellent. It has six ingredients that are used. Meadow sweet, sweet that is good for gastritis. Eye bright, you know, you think of that eyebright for the eyes, but in fact, reduces inflammation and it supports the mucous membranes. A lot of other things. Marshmallow, okra. Okra not only acts as a lubricant against irritation and inflammation, but it also inhibits the H. pylori from adhering to the the gastric cells. Plantain, antibacterial, and it also has pepsin in it, which helps with protein digestion as much as 50 grams of protein. And that is one whopping dose of protein. So, I mean, you can take it between meals, uh, before bedtime, uh, after lunch, really good for chronic GERD. Uh, and if there's been long-term use of acid blockers, I have a handout. You can stop by the shop and pick up because lifestyle modifications really help too. But in a nutshell, these lifestyle modifications include, number one, healthy weight. Can't get around that. So many studies have been shown that being overweight, especially around the waistline, puts pressure on the stomach valves and it can trigger GERD. You know, if you've got that extra weight on that waistline, not good. Quit smoking, of course. 
Uh, third thing, reduce stress, of course. Uh, you can elevate the head of the bed because that'll take the pressure off the valves, but usually that's not necessary. If you avoid trigger foods, and my elimination diet is going to reveal that most commonly, a low-sugar starch diet is the best because they ferment in the stomach. You know, for over two decades, when I did a lot of keto meal planning with people, GERD was almost always gone within two weeks. Uh, avoid eating three hours before bedtime. Of course, take the enzymes, eat organic when possible because the herbicides, pesticides, um, and Roundup that sprayed on food to dry them out when they're in the field, they kill our healthy bacteria that helps us digest. And intermittent fasting, that time-restricted eating, gives your digestive tract a little bit of time to rest and replenish the enzymes. So GERD and heartburn doesn't have to be part of your life. There are so many things you can do to support natural digestion, heal the stomach, and avoid the bad side effects of low stomach acid. You can have better health when you are simply supporting nature. If you've got questions, stop in or set up an appointment and we can get you started on your health journey. As always, you can listen again to all my website, debford.com, or go to iTunes where, where it is, you know, up in the cloud someplace. So be sure to like it so it will be shared with others. Have a great weekend and remember, do something really good for yourself.